This is Let's Go Michigan with Jeff Sloan on 760 WJR. Your bird's eye view on Michigan's business and entertainment scene. Here's Jeff. All right, welcome to 2024. Welcome at least to the first weekend of 2024. Happy you're joining our show. Kristen Kajawa, Mark Pastoria, co-hosting with me as always. So here we are heading into January. It's a new year. Winter making a bit of a push to make its presence known. For me, as I see it, as it should be. I mean, if you're going to be in Michigan after all, you need to have a little snow, right? Well, that would be nice. It kind of yeah. gets us through the next couple months. Right. We didn't get the December novelty of the snow, so we only got to really deal with it for a couple of months. At worst, it's right. really good. We'll take it. We want some snow. Certainly the Michigan ski resorts and other businesses that are supported by winter sports activities are thrilled that the weather pattern seems to be changing a bit and supporting at least cold enough temperatures and enough precipitation opportunities to get us some snow. Kristen, are the kids, you know, when they think about snow, of course, they think about whatever it is, skiing, ice skating, snowmobiling, whatever your winter passion for sports or outdoor activities may be. But certainly at the head of the list is, are we going to get a snow day? Yeah, that's all they really <laughs> that's care right. about. I mean, are we going to get a snow day? Right. Many kids have already started back to school. Mine go back on Monday. And that's the first thing they're already talking about. Got to hmm. get a snow day I wonder or two. when the first snow day is going to be. There's nothing like that. I mean, certainly I remember right. as a kid listening to the weather the night before, hoping, oh, hoping. Yeah. But your kids go beyond that. I remember you told us about various rituals. Oh, yeah, we do. That, that highly mm-hmm. impact, by yeah. the way, whether we're got the likelihood of having a snow day. They do. I mean, if you believe in voodoo, then... <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear it. Tell us again. Remind if I us can what... remember correctly, I think we'll confirm with your kids and mine. But I think it is something about ice cubes in the toilet. Yes. Flushing them, that, right. Mm-hmm. A spoon under your pillow. Maybe right. wearing your pajamas backwards, backwards or and inside, inside out. out. Right. Right. I no, do that's... all of that all right, year. Mark, <laughs> Mark, the kinds of things you're hopefully focused on with all of your rituals is getting us a lion's win. That's really, yeah, Yeah. getting us a win for the University of Michigan. Those are the things we're focused on. We'll let the kids focus on the snow days. Now, speaking of the Lions and the University of Michigan on the show today, we've got Michael Spath joining us. This guy knows local sports like very few do. Yeah, he is knowledgeable. He knows his sports. Boy, I'll tell you, we're fortunate to have him. As I say, he's our expert for this show, and we'll have a chance to hear from him coming up on the show as he breaks down Not only the important games ahead for both the Detroit Lions as they enter the playoffs soon, but also the University of Michigan as they play for the national championship title in a couple of days, Monday night. Wow. Really, it's a wow. Before we get to that, though, before we turn to sports, I want to talk about a uniqueness about our year. Now, Mark, we've had an opportunity to cover the winter solstice now as we've done our shows. We've talked about crossing that magical spot in our trip, our journey around the sun, where you go to the shortest day of the year, the year with the least amount of daylight. But then as you cross that chasm, you start to get more daylight every day. Well, this year, that happens every year, at least it's better. I mean, yeah, right. (laughs) Better, the alternative isn't good. But the thing that's happening this year, it's a leap year. Oh, I knew you were going to say that. 2024 is a leap year. It is a leap year. And what does that mean for us, Jeff? Yeah, so essentially, here's what a leap year is. Did a little homework before we did the show today. Good. And the reason we have what's known as a leap year is that actually the trip around the sun, that annual orbit around the sun, doesn't take exactly 365 days, as our calendar indicates. It actually takes, this according to NASA, it takes 365 days, five hours, 18 minutes, 
and 46 seconds. So given that, if you call that roughly six hours, every four years in order to keep the calendar consistent, you got to add in an extra day in that calendar year every fourth year in order to keep the calendar consistent. Otherwise, if we didn't do that, ultimately, as the NASA article pointed out, we would be wearing our winter coats in July because ultimately you'd be off in terms of the weather patterns relative to the annual calendar. So this is an important thing. We have an extra day in the calendar. We'll have 366 days in this year. All right. In other news to cover before we get to Michael Spath and sports, look, beyond it being a leap year, it's a year in which several Michigan laws have changed. I want to highlight one, the minimum wage here in the state of Michigan. And of course, that impacts those seeking the ability to go out and work, particularly young people, and earn that minimum wage to get started earning money. But also to those, not just young people, but others who depend on jobs that pay a near or at the minimum wage level, having that minimum wage go up is important. It also, on the other side of it, though, does affect our businesses as well in that they have to pay more. And the minimum wage this year, starting January 1, has been raised. It's gone up from $10.10 an hour to $10.33 an hour. Now, the hourly rate for minors is at $8.78, and the tip credit is now at $3.93. So minimum wage up a bit. Businesses need to know that and prepare accordingly, and our young people can look forward to earning a little bit more pocket change. Don't forget to follow us on all your favorite social media sites. Listen, our sports teams, our in particular football teams here locally, have had great seasons, that being the Michigan Wolverines and Detroit Lions, have really given us a great gift of making our dreams come true, right? My, well, Michael I mean, Spath here yeah, with us. Yeah. yeah, I mean, here we are early January, or you know, we're almost mid-January already, and both teams are still playing. Michigan has never played for the national championship in this particular format, the four-team playoff. So this is beyond the furthest that they've ever been in terms of when they're playing their game. And, and the Lions are wrapping up their regular season. They're already secured a playoff spot. They are going to be hosting in the first round of the playoffs. And so, yeah, this is incredibly exciting if you are a fan of of the Lions, of Michigan. Even if you're a Michigan State fan, but you're probably a fan of the Lions, yeah. you've got a lot to cheer for right now. Sure, indeed. Of course, Mark Kristen here with us, Michael. And uh, we've got you for a couple of segments here on this show, and we wanted to very intentionally use those segments to do a, the first segment, maybe we'll talk about University of Michigan, and the second one, let's talk about the Detroit Lions. We want to pick your brain. We want to hear what you think about their chances of prevailing. We want to hear about maybe putting some definition around the season, whether they win or they lose, or if they win or they lose, and so on. So, Michael, let's start with the Wolverines. I mean, first of all, what a season it's been. Three years in a row now, we've been privileged to see our Wolverines. You're an amazing blue guy. I'm an amazing just, blue just guy. Like you, yeah. And we're Sparty fans. And you guys are Sparty fans, Chris and Mark, but still nonetheless, when it comes, you know, Sparty's out at this point. Yeah. When it comes to cheering, if you're a homer, state we're of Michigan, we're cheering Michigan. for the big blue, of course. All you of know, us. Mark, you always have to cheer for Big Ten. That's what I say. It doesn't matter what team is in the Rose Bowl. Oh, what I disagree team completely. Is, you never no. cheer for Ohio State. So. Well, I was just going to say one exception. Okay. One exception. Okay, only if you're a Michigan uh-huh. fan. But honestly, I feel like if you are a true Big Ten fan, you always have to support Big Ten. Except for, okay, maybe, maybe Ohio, Ohio State. State. So I whatever. agree with Kristen. I do agree. Yeah. So let me let me ask the two of you that are Spartans because yeah. um, I think I'm unique in that. My wife is a Spartan, my father-in-law, and the whole thing. And my my wife is not that invested in the success of Michigan State. So when she watches the games, like she's not rah-rah the whole thing. So I think she's an anomaly. You're saying right now, like, oh, you got to root for Michigan, the whole thing. 
I was doing a podcast with my colleague, Justin Rose, who was a Spartan. And he said he believed that until the kickoff and at kickoff, his natural tendency was just to start rooting against Michigan. Really? <laughs> and, and then at the game ended uh-huh. and Michigan had beaten Alabama, he said, wow, then all of a sudden, like I was in perspective and I was like, I'm happy for Michael. I'm happy. Like he was happy for all these people and he was happy for Michigan. But between the 60 minutes, he was still rooting against Michigan. Really? I think that is the natural tendency if you're a rival is you might in your head say, I want Michigan to win. I, I'm, I'm cheering for them the whole thing. But the moment the kickoff, you're like, let's go Washington. Beat that's, these guys. That's right. amazing. That's different. Well, I mean, a couple of different perspectives here then because I agree with Kristen. Listen, when Michigan stacks up against Michigan State, I'm maize and blue all the way. But except for that. If Sparty's playing in a you know a basketball game that matters or a football game that matters, I'm all green and white all the way. All right, so look, this is obviously momentous when it comes to Michigan sports history, University of Michigan sports history. You know, we're in the national championship game. Let me ask you first, how much of the outcome of the game in a couple of days on Monday night will that have on our view of how this season played out? I think, I mean, I hate to say this because if you go 14 and one and you play for the national championship and you've beaten Ohio state and you've won a big 10 title again, and you knocked off Alabama, you could say like, oh, well, this was a phenomenal season for Michigan. And I'll remember forever. Let me ask you this. What year did Michigan win the national championship most recently? 97, 1997, right? What year did the Tigers last win the world series? They won in 84. Yeah. And they played for it. Well, they played for it a couple more times. They played for it a couple more times. 2006, I think 2006. So I give you some credit. If you ask the common fan though. Who finished second place? History doesn't remember second place. History yeah. remembers champions. Yeah. And when you look at, in this town, the Pistons won in 89, 90, and 2004. The Red Wings won in 97, 98, 2002, and 2008. The Lions have never won in our lifetimes. So the Tigers won in 84. Michigan won in 97. You know, you go through Michigan State won their basketball title in 2000. You remember the years that they won. Sure. You forget like Michigan went to two Final Fours under John Beeline. Now I can tell you what years they were. 2013. 2013 and 2018. Yeah. But the most common fan cannot because history forgets the runner up. That to me is why this game matters. I was talking to some friends. I said, when you beat Alabama, you get to enjoy it for six and a half days. When you beat Washington, you get to enjoy it for the rest of your life. Yeah. Let me make this clear. I want Michigan to win. I want to experience that moment where we have a national championship Michigan football team, an outright one, not one that shares a tie like they did in 97 with Nebraska. But here's the thing. As a Michigan fan, what you hope for, what you want to have come your way as a result of being a fan, a supporter of the team, buying in and all the rest, you want to be able to have a feeling that your team was really great. They performed well. You're proud of the team. They gave you lots of thrills during the season. Certainly, Michigan did all that. Over the last three years, beating Ohio State three times in a row, winning the Big Ten Championship three times in a row, and so on and so on this year, making it to the final game. I agree. We want to win the championship, but I am so thrilled. With the thrills they've given me, I'm I'm good. Without a doubt. You're good? I want more. I absolutely want more. But if we lose on Monday night, I'm going to be okay and still be extremely proud and thrilled. Yeah, and and I understand what you're saying. And I, I look back and think to myself, look at the games, look at the moments, like how many great experiences did I have these last three years when I was at the Michigan-Ohio State game in 2021 and 2023 with my brother and celebrating the crowd rushing the field. Even if you lose the game against Washington, you don't take away those experiences. You don't take away those moments right. from what you will remember. However, again, history Mm-hmm. judges the, diff- yes. the difference between a champion and a runner-up. And what I'll say is the Detroit Tigers are the perfect example to me. The Detroit Tigers from 2006 
to 2016 or 18 had this incredible 10 to 12 year run yes. where they were making the playoffs. They were giving us great memories. You had Miggy, you had Maglio, you had Todd Rollercoaster oh, Jones, but we never right. won it. Right. And so now here you are and you're in 2024 and the Tigers are trying to get back to respectability. And you look back and you say like, really wish we had a title, yeah. right? Like for yeah. all the success we had, for sure. all the fun we have, we don't have, and look how hard it is to get there again. Michigan is in the moment. And if they don't win the game against Washington, there's no guarantee that next year, two oh, years from that's now, the one 10 thing. years it, from it now, is, it is probably yeah. Yeah. the one thing that occurred to me. We really do need to just pause for a moment and understand with all the great football programs out there, all wanting that same opportunity to play in that game. We're going to be there. When's it going to happen again? Maybe not in my lifetime. I mean, in the championship game, maybe not in your lifetime. Playoff, there's, it's now expanding to 12-team well, playoff. Well, that's different. I'm talking about the yeah. championship. To have a shot. Right. In a 12-team playoff, it gets harder, right? You don't have to win two games. You have to win three. If you're one of the lower four teams, you have to win four games mm-hmm. to win a national championship yeah. in the playoff. So, yeah. look, it, it's been an amazing season. There are so many incredible moments. I mean, I think about Blake Corum. Uh, last mm. week, breaking the all-time rushing record of Michigan. You look at the way that J.J. McCarthy persevered. They came through six games without their head coach and all these different things were going on. And yes, you will look back and say, what a phenomenal year it was, how much fun I did have. However, if you ask me the question, what does this game mean? Singularly, what this game means, this is how every team is judged in the record books. You're either a winner or you're a loser. And I can go through and name you Super Bowl champions and World Series champions and national champions in basketball and in football. And Jeff, I am a massive sports fan that spent 15 years in sports media, and I can barely ever name to you who finished runner-up. Yeah. Well, I got to say, of course, I want the national championship. It would be unbelievable, an unbelievable circumstance coming off this season. For me, most of all, for this reason. I love when people dream of doing what is seemingly the impossible. If you set out, every football team says, we're going to shoot for the national championship this year. Okay, that's the ultimate goal. But to watch this Michigan team go through their season and make it almost manifest it, their will, their focus, their drive to make that happen from the coaches to the players And I think it took a special chemistry, special chemistry amongst the coaches and amongst the coaches and the players, of course, the players amongst the players, the brotherhood that's been formed there. The will to make this happen has been amazing to watch. I think it's almost an unstoppable force. It does kind of feel like, and I almost hate to say it, but it does kind of feel like it's destiny. I hope so. I will tell you that up in uh, Tacoma, Seattle, Washington, they also think fate is on their side. Of course they do. And that's the fun of it, right? But to your argument, Jeff, the magic of it and dreaming a possibility is go back to the first game of the 2021 season, Michigan coming off a two and four COVID year when I was one of the advocates to fire Jim Harbaugh. As was I, by the way. And you say to yourself, you go take that fan and you sit in front of Jeff Sloan and Michael Spath and say, hey, guys, this is what's going to happen the next three years. You're going to beat Ohio State. You are going to win the Big Ten title. You're going to go to the college football playoff. The next year, you are going to beat Michigan State and Ohio State. You're going to run the table until you get to the college football playoff. And the next year, you're going to run the table. You're going to beat Alabama in the Rose Bowl in the college football semifinal and have a chance to play for the national championship. I'm getting goosebumps yeah. even after Me I too. know it happened. Listening to you. Yeah. But just to like go and sit there in front of those two fans yeah. 
we would have looked at the at this person from the future, and we would have looked at that person and been like, come on, give me a break type of thing. So to dream, that's what it was all about, to dream what was possible, and right now everything is possible for Michigan football. All right. Michael, go blue. All right, now, moving on, though, we've got also a professional football team here in town that's had a pretty darn good season as well. Exciting stuff going on there. Tell us any prevailing thoughts about the season and kind of leading into the playoffs. How are you feeling about this team? It's been so much fun. I think to watch the Lions get over this hump that we have been, we've been talking about for um, decades. Same old Lions, right? Same SOL. Old Lions, right. And this year, the same old Lions now stands for the team that finds a way to win games and has a great offense and, you know, a defense that right now is improving and looking like there won't be a liability in the playoffs. And and so whatever happens in this game tomorrow against the Minnesota Vikings, the final game of the regular season, whether they win or lose, the Lions are locked into being the three seed, being a team that hosts in the first round of the playoffs, which will be next weekend at Ford Field. The energy inside that building will be uh, unbelievable. As, yeah, I mean, I went to the Monday night game against the Raiders, and I mean, you couldn't hear the person next to you in the seat talk. How fun is that? So yeah. I think it'll be very similar to that. So for me, it's like, Again, regardless of what happens tomorrow, it's all about what's going to happen next weekend and the weekends beyond that. Can the Lions get over the playoff hump? Can they win a game? And not only can they win a game, but if they win a game, what happens that second weekend of the playoffs? They're either going to Dallas and playing the Cowboys in a game that should have been at Ford Field if the refs didn't you know, have that massive mishap a couple of weeks oh. ago, or if the Cowboys lose somehow in the first round, the Lions are hosting a second round playoff game. So I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but that's an amazing possibility that the Lions could be that second round of the playoffs, either rematch against the Cowboys or hosting whoever has upset the Cowboys. Listen, one thing we can all agree on here. I mentioned Mark Christen here with me, of course, and uh, uh, all four of us Mm -hmm. are Lions fans. That's for sure. Mark, you've been a longstanding Lions fan. Let me ask you, how far do you think we can go into the playoffs? I think, they got some good energy happening. They got to get this defense to play like they did against Dallas. I think we'll be okay. They could keep going. They're going to run into a brick wall, though, if they have to face Baltimore. <laughs> well, that would be the Super Bowl. If they that, get the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl, I'll, I'll take it. Right, right. That <laughs> means they made it to yeah. the Super Bowl because, of course, uh, Baltimore's in the AFC. Kristen, if you've been watching, if you've been following closely, I know that you watched Hard Knocks last season. You really I liked did. that, and that made you a fan. Of course, last season turned out a little differently than this right. season. Right. But nonetheless, uh, you are a Lions fan, aren't you? I am a Lions fan. Yeah, absolutely. Are you? Do you have any big plans for the game? Do you do? Are you going to do anything special? Oh, or, you got your blow up Lions mascot yeah, in the front yard. Yep, yeah, we do. Mm-hmm. We dress in our <laughs> blue and silver. And no, I no, Jeff. I mean, I don't know. My family watches the game. The game's on. I'm probably making snacks and right. serving Running drinks. Ar- well, that's, that's really what I mean, it is. Right. Yes. That's that is what it is. Yes. I, yeah, Jeff. I, I, and, and Kristen, you know, mm-hmm. completely honesty there. But you know what will happen even for the lay fan, for the fan that doesn't watch, is the playoffs, I think, is going to be like, you're already starting to think, like, who are you going to watch the playoffs with, uh-huh. right? And if they win the first game of the playoffs, like, it's going to get, like, a bigger group that's going to get together yeah. for the second round of the playoffs. Yeah. And everyone after that's going to be bigger and bigger. Like, if, if they play the Ravens, you'll have 15, 20 people there to watch and cheer for the Lions. I think that's exciting. My question is this, is, okay, I, I'm going to be dangerous here, but say the Lions just <laughs> take care of business in the first round. Do you want the rematch with the Cowboys in Dallas in the second round of the playoffs, or do you want the Cowboys to get upset and kind of like stick it to them? Like you guys never should have been there in the first place. 
the Lions always should have been hosting a second round game. Which would you rather have the Lions hosting a second round game against the team that upset the Cowboys or them going to Dallas with a chance for revenge in Cowboy Stadium? Who likely would be the other team revenge. that we, we might face? You want, I, Mark wants the revenge. Revenge. Bring it on, Dallas. Right, but who, who might uh, it, would it could be? be Seattle. Seattle. It could right. be, I don't think it'll be Tampa based. It should be the team who upsets Dallas who would be, I think, either Seattle, New Orleans, or maybe Atlanta is still in the mix a little bit. Frankly, like Mark, I, I want them to go to Dallas and get the revenge game. You know, we won the first game, frankly, but for the refs, we won that game. So we know we can get them. We know we can play with them. And uh, I say, let's go get them. Yeah, to me, it's I think that the confidence coming out of that game, what the defense showed they were capable of doing, and Aiden Hutchinson said it after the Lions lost. He said, I just want to play these guys in the playoffs. Mm. I think the motivation is that they would go out there and go down to Dallas and win that game. And if they did that, then what we're talking about is an NFC championship yeah. appearance, probably against the San Francisco 49ers with the right to go play the Baltimore Ravens yeah. and, and the I Super Bowl. I have to ask you, when the season started, uh, do you remember what you were hoping for this season? You know, practically speaking, coming off of last season, how did you think the season might really play out? And what were you reasonably hoping for? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I think that when I looked at it and if I would go back 10 and 6 and being in the division race, having a chance to win the division, because they came off of a year where they finished 9 and 8. They were one game away from the playoffs. They needed Seattle to lose. They beat Green Bay in the finale. So there was a lot of excitement and hope for the Lions this upcoming season. I was thinking that they were going to be a better team. I think they were going to win 10, maybe 11 games, have a chance to win the NFC North. And then it was a little bit of like get to the playoffs maybe win one game, but like no one was really thinking they could get to the second round, the third round, the Super Bowl, win this division comfortably by three games. Everything so far has exceeded our expectations. Hopefully the playoffs will exceed our expectations too. Yeah. Well, it's been absolutely amazing. I mean, it's been really fun. Do you think that this is the start? Unlike Michigan, that we just talked about where this could be the culmination of the grand Michigan era that they've just had, especially over the last three years. Is this the start of something for the Lions or how desperate are we to get as much as we can this year. Well, I think similar to the, the time on Michigan earlier, you always want to win when you can win. Well, of course, and it, we do want to win. But if we don't, but, in the case of the Lions, yeah. well, they're, I mean, they're, they're putting gonna, together. They're going to lock up Jared Goff for a long-term contract. I mean, there's some still debate among fans, but they're going to lock him up. Amon Ross still has got a couple years on his deal. He'll get paid. I mean, he seems like a line through and through. Aiden Hutchinson, who's one of the core players, is a young guy on a and rookie these contract. Young players, they've, brought, they've yeah. been drafting. And they'll have a great draft. They've it's drafted just well. The beginning. Between, yeah. It's just the beginning, Mark. I agree with you. Yeah. Between you know Gibbs and Laporta and Brian Branch, like Brad Holmes has shown he drafts well, which is really critical to keeping this thing rolling. Right. I think the big question is going to be what they do with the offensive line is how do they keep, you know, mm -hmm. you're going to lose guys because you can't pay five offensive linemen. 15 to $18 million a year. It doesn't work for your salary cap. Right. Every year, there's probably going to be one of these five offensive linemen who comes up for a new deal, and you're going to have to decide, like, is that the guy that I'm keeping or am I letting the other guy go? And when you do that, how do you replace him? Do you replace him with a rookie? Do you replace him with a veteran who can come in and be good enough? Like we've seen with Graham Glasgow this year. So I think this is the start, but I think in the NFL, you look at what the Ravens have accomplished, you look at what the San Francisco 49ers have accomplished. If you said that the Lions can be good for the next five years, and there's no guarantees after that, I would 100% take that. Yeah. Well, I like the fact, as Mark just said, it's a start, and mm -hmm. I do see it that way too. I don't think there's that critical nature to have to win this year. We certainly want to win, but if we don't, we get to enjoy, as a fan, a lot of great experiences ahead, no doubt, watching this team and supporting them and cheering them on. There's going to be more good things to come. All right, well, really exciting. Michael, thank you. It's great, great to have you on. You know, you and I have done a lot of talk about sports and our local teams and so on. And boy, isn't it refreshing and isn't it fun? And isn't it nice to be able to talk about teams who are playing at a premium 
at an elite level. This is unprecedented. When you talk about Michigan, our college team, and our pro team at the same time doing this, I don't have numbers in front of me, but I mean, the Lions were last really good in the early 90s. Michigan was really good in the early 90s. So you're talking 20-something years. Yeah. What do you think the likelihood is of the Ravens making it into the Super Bowl? I think it's really high. I do too. So from the AFC side, you got John Harbaugh mm-hmm. likely coaching a team in the Super Bowl game. We already know we got his brother Jim Harbaugh coaching in the national championship. There is a shot, and one could make that argument an even likelihood if you were to put mm-hmm. odds on. Mm-hmm. Odds on that who's the team most likely to win the Super Bowl this year right now? Is it right now? Yeah. Probably the Ravens. Who's the team most likely to win the national championship? The Michigan Wolverines. Michigan football. Isn't that unbelievable? The John Harbaugh family could have a Jim moment. Harbaugh. Wow. <sighs> that's Pretty not incredible. a moment. That is. That's momentous. That's yes. a century level Never happened again. So no. really good. Hats off to the Harbaugh family, regardless of how it all turns out. Really exciting times for those of us here in Michigan supporting our teams. A couple things. First of all, somebody was the winner of the big Powerball lottery that person lives right here in the state of Michigan. I'm hoping it's my uncle. I don't know about <laughs> you guys, but my long lost uncle. I don't know. But highly unlikely. What num- nephew? Yeah. What, what, my, <laughs> yeah, what my, nephew? My cousin, four times removed, I yeah, should say. Yes. Right. Anyway, my rich cousin now. But anyway, somebody's got $842 million less taxes. I think that leads around a million. Yeah, these days. right. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I will. Uh, I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah. That's right. That, by the way, marks the fifth largest Powerball prize ever and 10th largest in U.S. history. So Right here, Grand Blank. In Grand Blank. Mm-hmm. At the Food Castle. Our state budget just went up. Someone's going to be paying some good taxes to the state of Michigan. Yeah, I think they have up to a year to claim their prize. And you realize everybody yeah. is frantically looking through old trash bags or their grocery oh, bags boy. trying to oh, find Can that you receipt. imagine? Mm-hmm. I wonder how often that happens. People lose their ticket. Oh, I can't even imagine. There's a movie made out of that. I'm yes, sure, I'm sure. Right? Yeah. I'm sure that would actually be a cute movie. Work on that yeah. one in your spare time. Okay. Yeah, I can uh, do that. But in the meantime, let's hope uh, that $842 million less taxes makes its way to a Michigander, as, a, as it should, given that the winning ticket was here in the state of Michigan. All right, a couple of other highlights I want to call out. Our state has gotten some recognition recently, and so have a few other Michiganders. While they didn't win the $842 million, we've got one award worth mentioning. It's the Leelanau Cheese Company and Idle Farms. They received high honors at the 2023 World Cheese Awards held in Trondheim, Norway. That happens to be the world's largest cheese-only competition with 4,202 cheeses being represented there from 40 countries in the various contests. Congratulations. That's to, so cool. Yeah, Leelanau Cheese Company right here. I like that. I love that. I'm proud of that little cheese company. I think we need to be doing a taste test. We need a road trip up to uh, Leland to sample the winning cheese. Absolutely. Okay. Wow, yeah. take that, Green Bay. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. the oh, Wisconsin, hey. the cheese That's heads. Right. Yes, got a little cheese head of our own going on here mm-hmm. right here in Leland. All right, and then how about this one? I don't know if you guys watch this show or not. There's a show on TV. It's on the Food Network. Is it the Food, Food Network? Network? Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's the Kids Baking Championship. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the show? I have. It's so cute. It it's, really is. Yeah. Although although I do feel bad for the kids who either, are, you know... Uh, they lose that. They lose. Yeah, right? Oh, me they, too. They get voted off. Oh, God, too. that's hard to watch. But yeah. other than that, so fun mm-hmm. to watch. And those baking creations and, frankly, the skill and the talent that these yeah. kids have. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. They're patient. They're a little bit like mad scientists. Well... 
speaking of all of that, we happen to have a Michigander. We've got a young 13-year-old named Leland Jackson from Ann Arbor putting on his apron and competing for one of 12 youngsters who are trying to win that $25,000 prize on season 12 of Food Network's Kids Baking Championship. That'll be fun. Wait, we've got some reason to watch now even more, and we have somebody to root for. Absolutely. We'll be tuning in. Nita Michigander winning that contest. We'll be pulling for Leland. All right, now look, it seems that Michigan has just been getting a lot of these kinds of recognitions lately, and we'll take it. CNN now has just put together a list of the best places to visit in 2024, and the northwest corner of the state of Michigan is one of the 24 spots mentioned in CNN's list as one of the best places that you had a plan to visit in 2024. Of course, we as Michiganders, we know how cool that whole region is up there, the Traverse City area, the area between really roughly Traverse City all the way on up to uh, Mackinac. What a magical part of the world that is. Fortunate to have that part of the world right here in Michigan. We get to enjoy it more frequently, more regularly, given that it's just a relatively short drive away. This list was assembled by CNN senior producer Marnie Hunter, and she called out a few specifics in highlighting that area of the state of Michigan as one of the places you need to visit. Hunter points out that there's plenty to do in this part of the country, and she suggested that travelers specifically plan to visit Traverse City, Leland, and Glen Arbor. Love all those places. Love all those places, too. Sleeping Bear Dunes. Right. And, you know, like we mentioned, the state of Michigan has had a lot of this kind of recognition, in particular for that part of the state. Mm -hmm. You remember last year, Mackinac Island voted the best island. That was, I believe, travel and leisure the best island to visit. And now we've got uh, this part of the country being called out and recognized as well. She called that part of the country refreshing, unsalty Lake Michigan that lures boatloads of tourists in the summer. But the shoreline has quaint towns and rolling countryside with lots to offer. Specifically, as it relates to Traverse City, she says it makes a great home base for exploring wineries in the old Mission and Leelanau peninsulas, picking cherries or apples. And then there's the fall foliage season that people can enjoy as well. And then, of course, winter activities. You know, when you hear someone else discover a part of our state that we all know so well and appreciate so much, it seems kind of obvious to us. But boy, isn't it nice and refreshing and kind of, yeah. She nailed it. Yeah. She really did. And I want to encourage people not to just visit, but, oh, I don't know, move here. Yes. I I like that even better. Right. Yeah. We could use you. Come stay. Come stay. Well, I mean, it might start with a visit, right? I mean, these are the kinds of things where, you know, it attracts people to the state. Some of them will, no doubt, end up moving here. She does mention specifically the M22 highway that winds up the Leland Peninsula and hooks back down through Leland. I love Leland. Me too. Fishtown. Fishtown, right? It's got so much charm and Mm -hmm. character, and it's now cool, great restaurants, but in that charming setting that Leland is sitting in, it's just amazing. Glen Arbor, another town worth exploring, she says. Sleeping Bear Dunes there, of course, Kristen, as you mentioned. By the way, when was the last time you guys were at Sleeping Bear Dunes? Mm. Been a while. Mm. About 10 years for me. Oh, gosh. No, maybe six years ago, five years yeah. ago. How about you? Well, I would say roughly two or three years ago. It's still just striking. Mm-hmm. Every time you see it, amazing. But how high it is, right. Right. the steepness of it, the beauty, the mm-hmm. majesty of that blue water with the sun. Of course, it faces west. If you go later in the day, you get that yeah, sun, sun off mm-hmm. the water. Oh, my God. I mean, when you stand at the top and you look out, it does look like you're looking at the ocean. It's right. really unbelievable. Minus the sharks. Yeah. 
<laughs> All right, so minus the Sharks. That's, that's actually a big advantage as I mm-hmm. see it anyway. Look, moving on. Banished words. Lake Superior State University, right here in our state of Michigan, puts out a list every year. They've got their new list out, and that's a list of words they believe ought to be banished from the English language. We've covered this before. We did last year, but we've got this year's list. I think this is kind of hysterical because just a week or so ago, I believe, Jeff, we discussed the uh, words that made the Merriam-Webster dictionary Dictionary. and then the new slang words. Yes, those were the new words that got into the dictionary, then the slang words. You're absolutely Mm -hmm. right. Well, these are these are going the other way. These are going the other way. But if you looked at the list, yeah, yeah. you'll notice one mm. that made the other list that is now on the banished list. Oh, tell Can us. I just tell you what it is? Please. It's, do you remember the word riz? Yes, I do. Derived as a shortened form of charisma. Mm. It literally just made the slang list, you know, of 2023. And now it's on the banished list for 2024. Well, I mean, it has short life. Well. It was popular while it was here, but we're done with it. (laughs) That's right. Right. We're over it. We're over it. Who needs charisma? How about this? This is kind of interesting. Here's a list of some of the other words. I see one here. Hack. Oh, I mean, how can you banish the word hack? Hack. But nonetheless, when it's used in a more popular buzzword kind of way or a slang word, it's used to impart an aura of innovation or sophistication to various subjects, but it's just been overused. And as a result, Lake Superior State University says... It's lost its magic. Huh. Time to go. Okay. Time to go. Banishing that word. Uh, uh, and at the end of the day. That one is being booted as well. That phrase oh, at oh. the end of the day. Why in the world would they want to ban that? I don't know. But they say here, it's overused. Meaningless. Often employed as a rhetorical device that attempts to encapsulate the complexities of a situation summarily. And it lacks nuance and depth. Oh, are they referring to, like, when people say in emails, like, EOD? You know, like, I'll get back to you by EOD, like, end of the day. Oh, the shortened, yeah. The shortened version. I wonder if that's what they're referencing. Maybe not. They don't say that. They Mm -hmm. say, at the end of the day, has to go. Hmm, Being banished. It's on the banished list. Cringeworthy? Cringeworthy. I'm done with that one. That's fine. How about side hustle? Side hustle? Side hustle is so popular right now. Side of the hustle refers to having a, like a kind of a a business or a little entrepreneurial activity on the side to make a little extra money. It's not your primary money earning activity. It's your side hustle. They say time to go. Again, it's too widespread, overused. There you have it on that one. And then lastly, how about this? This having nothing to do with banished words, but really kind of in the fun category. And by the way, I have to say, I'm not making any political commentary here, but our governor does have a very cute sense of humor. Yeah, she's sure. a she's a cool lady. I mean, come on. Yeah. But again, not making any kind of political statement on this show. That's not what we're all about. What we are going to talk about right now, though, is speaking of being fun and having fun and enjoying life and all the rest, the Michigan governor has challenged the state of Washington governor, that's Governor Jay Inslee, to a friendly wager on the University of Michigan versus University of Washington game happening, the national championship game, Monday night. Governor Whitmer said, I'm confident that the Wolverines will be the victors on Monday, and I'm happy to wager Inslee some Michigan-made products. I love that. That's so cute. We'll send them all the better-made chips we can possibly come Right, with. and of course, Governor Inslee comes back and says, well, I'm sure the Huskies will come out on top. By the time Penix gets done with the Wolverines, your governor's next state of the state address will be titled 
fix the damn secondary, which is, which of course referring to the Michigan secondary, which is again, just really cute and fun. Governor Inslee wagered a case of wine from the Natchez Heights Vineyard in Yakima, Washington is what he will pay should the University of Michigan indeed prevail. How about that? Kind of fun. All right. And with that, we're going to wrap it up here. Go Lions, go Wolverines. And thanks for joining us today on Let's Go Michigan. Michigan.